Hey everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Uh, sitting here, have the studio all set up and ready to go. And uh, once in a while, I'm not clear enough in my text about what day and when. And uh, my, my guest for tonight thought we were going to meet tomorrow night and uh, instead of tonight. And uh, so here I sit. There's a bunch of those right there's some of that that goes on the uh in the inside of uh bathroom stalls here i sit all something i don't remember but uh it made me think of that so um you know i really haven't done one of these uh dan's musings in some time and uh things have been a lot a lot piles up and there's a little bit of a release here you know somewhat the same way as uh having somebody to talk to in this program where you can just dump your stuff and and not carry it around you know we have that analogy of carrying around a garbage bag and uh or a garbage can i say uh, like having backpack straps on a garbage can speaking of backpacking and uh you know every every experience i have in life i i pick it up and i put it in that backpack whether if i want to or not and uh <clears throat> being able to you know, having that's one of the beautiful things about having a great support group and a and a sponsor, a great sponsor. I guess I should put that on the front of both of them. A great support group and a great sponsor is that uh, I don't have to carry that bucket around. You know, it doesn't have to get real heavy. I get to keep on getting the stuff out because uh, when I when I get it out and show it to somebody else who understands, uh, it doesn't weigh as much as it used to. Still there, it just doesn't weigh as much as it used to. Sitting there looking at my mahogany table, my podcasting table, and I uh, was cutting some stuff out with a jigsaw not long ago. And when I'm not podcasting, I throw a big heavy tablecloth over top of this, and then sometimes I actually drop a piece of plywood down on it if I'm going to be like beating on it and stuff. And um, I was cutting something out with the jigsaw, great big ohm symbols. I made a few of them in a row, and uh, and I I got into the edge of this damn table a little bit. Uh, it's not much. And maybe it just might be a battle scar. Uh, I keep thinking about maybe moving this studio inside, but people keep on, you know, I don't know, not anymore. No, I shouldn't say that. At some point, somebody, some guy, most of the guys in my group uh, convinced me that I should leave it out here and keep on doing it. On days like today, you know, I have a, I got this morning, I come out here and turn the air conditioner in the shop on because I know I'm going to have a podcast tonight and, uh, and I want to, shop to be reasonably comfortable because it gets pretty damn hot out here if you don't if you don't do that so i've uh, burnt a day's worth of air conditioning and uh we'll we've rescheduled for next monday night no big deal it is one of the it is you know as you as you do this program and uh work these you know practice these principles in my life uh, some of the things, you know, the things you're what we kind of call character defects or shortcomings and that kind of stuff. Uh, this would probably fall more under a shortcoming. I don't know if it's really a character defect, but when I uh, when I set my sails in a certain direction, I still have a bit of problems when it when my when the wind blows me the other way, like tonight. You know, I was kind of a mind frame and was all set to do a podcast and have a guest over and and it does kind of take some mental preparation to do this thing uh i have to shift gears or i had to change the channel in my brain in order and say okay now I'm, i'm podcast host so let's put this hat on um 
And so when I set my sails to be podcast guest tonight, and uh, and then the wind blows a different direction in this case where it's not happening. Uh, oh, there's also a thing, man. I, I value my time a lot today, and uh, I try not to. I try not to, for lack of a better term, waste other people's time. I try not, you know, I try to be on time. I try to be where I say I'm going to be and uh, do that stuff. And I and I value my time because I've got a lot of irons in the fire. And uh, when I like pencil something off in my calendar that this is what I'm going to be doing, uh, what sometime in a yoga teacher training, you know, they say if you're uh, if you're going to be a yes to something, that means you're going to be a no to something else. And uh, so then I kind of sit here going, well, what am I going to do now? Time flies, man, and I, I have, a, have a lot of things I could be doing, and um, what I plan to do isn't happening. Or is it, since I'm sitting here decided to just talk to this microphone anyway? Um, backpack at reference come up on uh, Shane and Travis and Mark and I are going to Colorado, if, you, if you're a listener. Uh, you remember the podcast from last year after those guys came home and, uh, with the energy they had after they were done. And it's kind of been something that's been on my bucket list all my life, really. The bucket list item is actually to go elk hunting with a traditional bow. Uh, that's why I shoot today is a longbow. And, uh, and I have since 2000, uh, was when I switched from a compound bow back to a traditional bow. And, uh, that's kind of my bucket list item is to go kill a elk with a bow um and this will have this will be warm up for that hopefully uh i'm uh after catching that felony a few years ago uh I can, the state of colorado does not allow me to hunt at all uh, matter of fact if i understood it right you can't have any kind of weapon at all not even a pocket knife or a bb gun um so uh, when the first when it first came up and I first started thinking about going, you know, I kind of had my heart set on hunting, and uh, and these guys, you know, my buddies who are hunting are, are shooting muzzle loaders, and the state of Indiana allow me to hunt with a muzzle loader because that's not considered a firearm, believe it or not, to those who don't understand you know, or don't realize that there is no understanding it. Uh, it's because it's antique, you know, it's before there's a line drawn in the sand where after I can't remember, I think it's like 1905 or something. Uh, weapons with the design before then are considered antiquities and are not considered firearms so you can pack around a, a cap and ball pistol uh, anywhere you want to because they can get mailed to your front door uh, that's a whole nother topic but uh, state of indiana allows me to bow hunt and muzzleloader hunt still and uh, so that's cool and i've always been a bow hunter for the most part i, mean, I have i have killed a deer with a gun and it's kind of hard to shoot ducks with a bow. So uh, I've firearm hunted when that was the right thing. But as far as my deer hunting and turkey go, turkey hunting goes, I've pretty much only been bow hunting for 20 years or maybe more on and off like that uh, the whole time anyway. So uh, this thing really didn't affect my hunting status in Indiana that much because uh, I'm still chasing those animals with a bow in my hand. And then the flip side of that is, is I don't ever kill anything anyway. So... Um, when this thing come around and I found out I wasn't going to get a hunt, I got my panties in a wad, you know, as I was saying a little bit ago about like setting my sails when my mind gets pointed in a certain direction and then uh, that doesn't happen. 
uh, and I'm sure everybody, I, mean, I don't think I'm unique in that. I'm just, uh, I can share my experience. Uh, this is my, this is, this is the way Dan operates. Uh, you know, I almost was like tossing the towel and just say, screw it, man. I ain't going if I can't hunt. That's stupid. But, uh, you know, it didn't take long to come around to the fact that I don't ever kill anything when I'm hunting in Indiana. And ultimately all I'm doing is be pretending to hunt. Uh, why don't I just go pretend to hunt in Colorado and, uh, still have the exact same experience and, uh, not drop the $750 on a, on a elk tag that you may or may not use. There's something there. And then also uh, be uh, you know be there with my my compadres and uh, and be there as a support person because you kill you know you kill elk up in those mountains the way they do it and you got to haul all that meat out and an extra man doing that uh, will help. I always have a little bit of a thought though that I'm a, I don't know what it is and it might be whenever one of these things like I talk about a lot of times here on the podcast is. Uh, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing of uh, I feel like I'm bad luck when, when I go hunting with people. One of the things is, is I'm just not that interested in killing stuff and you kind of have to have that mind frame going into it or you're probably not going to be successful. And I wonder if that don't rub off on the people I'm hunting w- w- with also. So uh, I hate to even say that, but uh, I do have that, you know, all these... You, as solid as I am today, man, I still have a million self-doubts. And uh, one of them is uh, I'm going to be the, they're taking along a plug nickel with them because I'm unlucky when it comes to hunting. Uh, got a bit of fears wrapped up around this trip. Uh, I'm worried about being cold. I'm worried about how much money I spent on gear. Uh, I just I just bought a new tent, and the reason I bought it is because it's four and a half pounds lighter than the tent I was going to take. And uh, when I put my backpack on and weigh it, I can really use that four and a half pounds. <laughs> um, Travis mentioned something today that he said he's kind of running pretty light, and if there's some things I'm taking that are more like community items, like I've got the first aid kit, uh, which doesn't weigh much, but ounces add up to pounds, and he uh, made a good point that he said, you know, you can throw that first aid kit or that frying pan or some of the other kind of things like that in my pack and uh, and offload some of that to him, which uh, is a brilliant idea. I don't like it because it's not my idea, but uh, it is a good idea. So, yeah, I've got worries about uh, having enough to eat, being cold, uh sleeping in a one-man tent for a week uh, that tent i have is not much bigger than your sleeping bag it is uh they have a, there's a thing out there called a bivy which is basically just a sack you sleep in um keep the dew off of you and help you if it rains and this little, this little thing is not much different than a bivy I, I got it in the mail today and i set it up in the backyard uh, there's an old thing from, I guess, Boy Scouts in old ta- old days that said that uh, you always want like your tent to get rained on one time. You want to get it wet once before uh, you take it camping. And the, the thought was, at least the way it was told to me, was that the uh, threads and the seams and stuff will shrink up a little bit that first time it gets wet. And, uh, and the seams will be better sealed if you do that. And whether it's true or not, it don't hurt. So I... We don't really have any rain in the forecast, but uh, I got a garden hose. 
So I uh, set it up, and another thing is, you know, i got to set it up here one time anyway, make sure all the pieces are there and they're not broke and, you know, have some familiarity with it, although I've never met a tent I couldn't set up uh, um, for the most part without directions. Uh, but I still want that comfort level, so I'm going to set it up here once, make sure that all the parts are accounted for, everything is doing it, get a little familiarity with it, and then also get it wet. Um it's really nice it's 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 a cool it's it's you can definitely tell the difference in the quality of it compared to the other tent and uh to some extent that's exactly what like backpacking gear is uh on a sliding scale with weight the lighter something is the more expensive it costs and i know there's bits one of the things is the materials of the lighter things is the, that material is actually more expensive but i know it's also a uh, part of this crazy world we're living in and the game that's being played that uh uh, I think it's kind of like a planned obsolescence thing, man. You're just always going to be looking for lighter, a lighter pack, and a, you know, lighter loadout, and uh, and you'll sacrifice this time. And but like next time you go, man, that that sleeping bag is a half a pound less, man. Uh, no, not a lot different than I did with this tent switch switcheroo. And that two man, I, I had a two man tent, and I thought I wanted that room, but I don't, I don't want the weight. Uh, and uh, now I'm sitting here doubting myself on it again but no the decision has been made the decision has been made it's interesting to watch how life rolls on you know uh, I have my, my heart kind of set you know my dream and I think it's my dream sometimes I doubt it but uh you know that same uh, self-esteem issues and self-doubting stuff about get but i'll get back to that my dream is is that i would get up every morning and come out here and work in this wood shop and be making my income coming out and you know working in my backyard um you know you don't really know if that's your dream because i do like uh i actually do like the going out and about amongst the people and i like the service aspect of the handyman part of my job when i go out and help people there's a there's a certain level of satisfaction that comes with going and fixing people's stuff uh, or making their stuff work again or installing a new something another, you know, uh, where it's like putting up new ceiling fans. They're happy that they got their old fan out and now they got this nice new one. They're happy. I got some money in my pocket and it just feels like a win-win. So I still do like that. But I really do have that. Uh, my sales set on uh, doing this woodworking stuff full-time a couple problems with that one thing is is that um customers are tough to find that are willing to pay the price tag for custom stuff uh it's certainly not cheap and if i don't charge this uh, uh if i don't have a, a decent enough rate then i can't survive i have to charge a certain amount uh, or I'm spinning my wheels. I'm not just doing it as a hobby. So I'll say all that to say this. Uh, you know, for the last three weeks leading up to this Colorado trip, uh, I have the wood shop completely booked, and, and I don't really have any out and about jobs now. I filled in three because three customers had kind of some semi-emergency. So today, uh, I got last week's project done. I spent all week last week in the wood shop making a. Uh, what's basically a, a shoe cabinet for a mudroom 
And this stuff is, it's nice furniture though. It's not your, don't, don't, don't be mistaken when I say going in somebody's mudroom. But they do, and they wanted some coat hangers and shelves and cubbies and stuff built for their little mudroom kind of area where their kids come in the house and a place for them to hang their coats and uh, take off their shoes and all that kind of business. So we worked out a design with the with the couple and uh, went through a couple iterations and come up with some things. And uh, they said go, and I really didn't think they would. I always doubt myself when it comes to that too because I, uh, when I when I tally it up and I look at that price tag, I, frankly, I'll just be real truthful with you guys. Uh, I go, man, there's there's no way they're going to pay be willing to pay this much for this. And you know, and I think about lowering the price, but I'm like, no, I can't do that either because I can't. I got to make it worth my while too. And, you know, if I don't value me, nobody else will. So uh, you had to set some value on it. And uh, I sent it to him and he said, yeah, go. Cool. And and I did the same thing with the big um, built in bookshelf thing, uh, cabinets and bookshelves, a 15 foot wall and eight foot tall. And uh, and I gave the she told me what her initial budget was and I knew that I was not going to be able to do anything for that initial budget but you hate you can't just go say no you know sorry bye so I said well let's see I mean do some pencil sketching and figure out and I knew I was way over budget and I told her and she was still interested and then we made a couple tweaks on it and the price went up and she's still interested and she said go so leading up to this Colorado trip I've got uh that's what I should have been looking for tonight um i've got three weeks to hike and walk and uh kind of have some chill time uh be able to uh be in control of my own destiny here as far as the final days of training and getting ready for this uh colorado trip because the other thing i don't i tend to do i run my batteries all the way down burn the candle at both ends and uh and i can get myself in a position where I'm, my cup is empty by the time i hit something you know i get to my thing i've been looking forward to it and i'm whipped so um this uh this all worked out great and i was sitting here looking at this pieces of furniture i'm gonna i'm gonna go install them in a couple of days uh that's everything about comes with the price tag with this stuff a lot of times is uh also the installation cost so uh it's good looking stuff. I'm looking forward to doing it. And I don't send like this stuff. I don't like, uh, sometimes I send project, uh, progress pictures, but, uh, sometimes I don't, you know, because I want the kind of wow factor when I bring it in. Uh, uh, if they've seen it already, it kind of kills the wow factor thing. So I am looking forward to that. A few things going on, goofy stuff, you know. Uh, I always feel funny about talking about some of this stuff, but what the fuck? Uh, daughter snuck out of her mother's house the other night, and she didn't know it until she got up to go to work in the morning, and daughter was gone. Uh, I can't imagine the like. Uh, I'm like, girl, you are smarter than that, man. If you're gonna sneak out, you got to get home before mom wakes up. Uh, she's going to catch you. They did that to me here, a uh, whole four of them. And I went in the bedroom and I don't even remember when it was earlier this summer or something like that. And, uh, I went, you know, it was just too quiet in their house, in the house. And for having four young teenage females in the house at whatever it was midnight when I got home. 
And I opened up the door and went in there, and they did the old trick where they stuffed pillows underneath the covers, you know, to look like there was bodies under there. And uh, I knew real quick that there weren't any. And thankfully, she picks up the phone when I call her. You know, uh, it it would be a lot. There'd be a lot more shit going down if uh, if she wasn't answering the phone when we reached out like that. Uh, I'm glad that she's doing that. And, you know, and she's pretty honest with me on most accounts. Uh, you know, sneaking out of the house is not exactly honest. Um, I was doing the same crap when I was that age, but that don't make it right. And then she comes back and asks for favors, you know, just a couple days later, you know, wants to join the travel club, which means a big ticket price tag. And, you know, frankly, uh, uh, that ought to be more looked at as like an honor for doing the right thing. Uh, so then if uh, we let her go, if I let her do that, then I'm frankly uh, rewarding her for not doing the right thing. But then, damn it, you do want to allow your kids to do stuff and. Uh, it just is. It's a pinch, man. There's nothing. I said this a hundred times on here too, man. There's nothing that makes that's that will drive home powerlessness uh, the way raising kids do does. Um, so that's got my mind uh, boggled up a little bit, and uh, I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I'm noticing that, you know, uh, I'll say the first thing first. Uh, you know, Holly and I were we had about, you know, a um, year-long relationship almost on the nose, and um, I needed to end that. Uh, I, hadn't had no, I didn't have any business being in a relationship in the first place, but, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, the ego petting and uh, that kind of stuff that goes on when somebody is like, because uh, I'll just be frank, she approached me, you know, and, uh and she's a great gal. She is. She's super. I can't imagine, like, when you put the, you make some kind of pro-con list or something, and uh, there, there, she don't, there's, she's got way more pros because she's got her shit together, and she's growth-oriented and community-oriented, connection-oriented, and a whole bunch of stuff, but in alignment with both of us, uh, we come to the, under, we come to the uh, feeling that it's my core value of freedom that's really it stake here and that's the freedom that i enjoy today uh not being in a relationship is uh something that i value really above just about everything else and um it's not that i you know it's not that i have to ask to do stuff or whatever but you know just the courtesy kind of stuff if i want to disappear to fargo for a weekend uh I want to tell, you know, I'll tell dad because he lives with me just because that's another, again, a courtesy and just so he knows what I'm doing. Uh, but, I, you know, then I need to let my significant other know what I'm doing. And and, and I know that may seem very petty, but uh, that freedom, it, it puts me in a little wad when I'm not feeling that way, when I'm not when I'm not feeling that level of freedom. And, you know, it was called good for a while when everything was new and, and all that, but... Uh, it began to wear thin on me, you know, and I got to be true to me today. Uh, and frankly, I had to be, you know, I owe that to the other person too. Excuse me. Um, it's not fair at all to be uh, hiding that from them and just pretending like everything's okay. Uh, that's uh, not fair all the way around. So that, that uh, relationship ended and 
uh, along the way there, you know, it kind of messes up some stuff because, you know, she was a member of TSSR and she's uh, backing out of that now, which I can understand. You know, she, she assures me that's not about me and I'll take that. I will accept that answer, but uh, I can't I can't totally buy that because uh, it just is a weird thing. And, I, you know, it's like a. Now, I'm going to say this at the same time as saying I got no business being in a relationship and I just should just continue to be do just do me in more ways than one. And. uh, But my relationship before this one was somebody who was in a program and, you know, then you end up with that closeness in the same group of friends and running around the same places to some extent. And then when the relationship ends. Uh, somebody's odd man out and uh, frankly I was solid in these arenas prior to both relationships so uh, I'm not walking away from them and I think I could do both you know I mean it's not going to bother me if the other person is still coming to TSSR meetings and doing that kind of stuff and of course my my, my alcoholics and all my AA stuff is mostly men based so you know it X's out any females right out uh, it's not like I don't go to any co-ed meetings, but I don't go to very many. Uh, and that's a good thing for me. Um, it just works for me. But along the same time, you know, it's kind of like a noticing stuff. And uh, I can't remember. I think it was uh, somebody. is Bob D., I think, says in a talk that I listened to a long time ago about uh, uh, the sensitivity on his noticer. Uh, was getting turned up and I've noticed that on me lately uh, my sensitivities to dad and my friends and uh, find myself feeling like I'm biting my tongue a lot uh, you know that uh, think before you speak and uh, go well you know you think that I'm not responsible for my for what I think but I am responsible for how long I think it and uh, I don't know, I, I just noticed that, like, I'm hearing things that I'm like, what the hell is going on over there? Um, I don't know what all that means. I know early on when I was in uh, my second year of recovery, my sponsor noticed my noticer was getting more sensitive and uh, suggested I take another trip through the steps. And uh, I don't know, maybe it is time to do that again. It hasn't been that awful long since I've done it the last time around. But maybe I'm a guy that needs to do it more regularly. Uh, I, don't, uh, I believe that the steps are there for our lifetime and, and that you should. It's not a one and done thing. You know, we do practice these principles in all our affairs, but I think you actually do run. Um, it's my, and it's, of course, it's what I've been taught. Is that, uh, and, and I buy it, uh, that, you know, more life piles up and it's good to go through, uh, basically a three through nine every so often. Uh, again, it's keeping that trash can, you know, clean and, and, um, if clean isn't really the right word, then I like the fact that this stuff all weighs something. And when I process it properly, like by speaking to my support group and my sponsor about stuff or go through the steps, the stuff that's in the can does not weigh as much as it used to. Uh, kind of another analogy to that backpacking stuff of uh, ounces equals pounds, you know. And uh, if you're not careful, man, um, you can have a whole big heavy backpack in no time and kind of like, oh, hell, how'd that happen? So maybe that's happening with me now. 
there's some things are coming to mind, you know, but uh, I don't want to, you know, it's certainly not right for me to air it out here. Uh, so I will bite my tongue on that. And probably everybody that's listening now is going to think I'm talking about them because that's the way these alcoholics are. And, and you know, fact of the matter is, it very well may be a couple of y'all. <laughs> uh, I'm not having any problems with anybody. That's not what I mean. It's just... Uh, like I said, my, the sensitivity of my note, my noticer has uh, been turned up a little bit. But I have a life today that it's, you know, I could have only dreamed of. I'm pretty much in control of my uh, own destiny today. And if I, I can work as much as I want to. Uh, the money doesn't seem to be an issue. I can, I can make it when I want it. And uh, I, I have this little app called Thumbtack, and it feeds me uh, leads, and, and it helped me out a lot in the beginning. Uh, and you have to pay for the leads, so it takes it, you know, it, your money's coming out of your account while you do it, and whether if you take the lead or you don't, but you get to set a budget in it, you know, and you say, I'm going to spend $50 a week on leads. And they're all like five or 10 bucks, so you can get a handful of them for that amount of money. And you won't get them all, but if you get a few, and it's, they certainly pay for themselves uh, uh, as as economical as the cost of the leads are. But I've had it turned off most of the summer because uh, word of mouth and other stuff has been going on, and I've just been busy, and there's no sense in paying for those leads and paying for leads that I may or may not get when my docket is full. And um, I got a new phone month or two ago and i'm not sure if that's what happened i kind of think it is but i don't understand uh i thought i'd get an email that would tell me that i you know what you do is you actually tell this app you're going on vacation and you put an end date so i'm gonna go on vacation until this date and you can only do it for so long it's not like i can put it out there at 2022 or something um i think you can go 30 days out or something and i get this little reminder that told me i was getting ready to go live tomorrow and i'd go in there and i'd flip the switch and bump it back out a couple more weeks well a few weeks ago it went live and i didn't know it and i popped open that app today for some reason i can't really remember why oh i know why i looked in my uh, i looked at my bank account online and i saw a draw out of it and i was like what the hell and then i realized i'd went live and i've been paying for leads and i had 32 leads in my inbox and uh there's ones in there you know uh when when a customer comes in there, they can come in and like uh, kind of pitch it out, you know, throw it out to the wolves or what have you. And, you know, it'll say, you know, five five different contractors are looking at this and two have responded. And, you know, it kind of nudges you to respond quickly. And, um, and I have a piece of me that wants to respond quickly, too. But there's also a little thing that uh, there's a little button that pops up that says only picked you and i do feel strongly that if they've only picked me i need to contact them one way or another and you know right now i'm telling you know, right now if I, I i don't have any time i don't have any availability until uh last week of september first week of october and, you know most kind of handyman jobs for the, you know a lot of them people don't want to wait on uh, there's some that do and people say yeah okay and i had somebody today that said okay yep that's okay with me and um but i ran through that today and 
touched base with everybody. There's a few of them I just declined, and it gives you a warning about declining clients. But there's some of them that just weren't in my ballyhoo and bigger jobs. And uh, one guy had a, you know, it almost looked like a house remodel, and I'm like, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's too big for me. Uh, I'm a small job kind of guy. I like to be in and out in a day or less. You know, I don't really want to. I do. I do. I do some jobs that I'm there for a few days in a row, but uh, I prefer to do things I'm in and out on. And the other thing about that is, is that uh, item like, for instance, if somebody wants a piece of gutter replaced, you got to have. If it's long, you got to have one the dude on each end of the gutter just to hold it up. And uh, and I'm a one-man show, so I'm out on those kind of things. So some of them I just decline because they just don't fit me. And sometimes, I, for whatever reason, I will tell them that. I will send them a note, and you know, and it costs me money to do that. But I think it's kind of like practicing these principles in all my affairs. I somebody has um, done that. I I feel a certain obligation to at least respond. I guess it goes to that same thing about not wasting people's time if they they need to, especially if they only picked me. Uh, I need to let them know that I'm not available so that they can uh, either choose to wait or uh, find somebody else to to do it. I don't know if it's how long this market will last, uh, but it seems there is no end to uh, handyman type stuff that uh, people need done. House maintenance is just a normal thing, you know, and I think of a, the little stuff is what piles up on you, and you end up with this little nickel-dime pile of stuff that this little thing ain't working, and the cabinet door ain't shutting, and the bedroom door is stuck and won't latch, and, you know, faucet's leaking, and uh, finally it builds up on you, kind of like the trash can thing again, you know, and stuff starts weighing on you, and then they're looking for somebody to come help and do it, and... I have this skill set where I can do a whole bunch of different things. So if they have a uh, ground fault interrupting outlet that's not working and a leaky faucet, they don't have to call an electrician and a plumber. Um, I'm, 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 I'm surprised myself at how well-rounded I am on you know all the different things that I know how to do. Or the other thing of it is I'm just not scared to try it. I got a certain amount of I got a feeling that I can pretty much fix anything I want to fix if it's fixable. I will figure it out. Uh, I do have some opportunities when people ask me, have you ever done this before? I'm like, nope, but I'm confident I can do it. So trying to wrangle up a little um, podcast prior to the, to the, uh, Colorado trip and of course we'll do an after action report when we get back and share the juice of that with y'all and uh, probably uh, I'm going to take my little headphone set that I can record and actually get some uh, record some content from actually out in the bush up on the mountain whichever way you want to look at it and uh, put something together for that too and then trying to get enough backlog because i kind of do this thing just in time you know i'm not i don't like to be telling somebody that their podcast is not going to be coming out for six weeks or whatever i'm pretty sure i've been a guest on some podcasts that never have come out oh which is i don't know it's no one weird things and i get it when it comes to like business kind of thing uh but 
uh, man, I don't, I don't feel that. Uh, I, I, I do feel higher power sends me the guests, and I'm not running this show. And if uh, somebody gets sent to me, then I feel a certain obligation to broadcast it. And I like this kind of just-in-time thing too, where I'm, you know, like uh, uh, what I did a podcast yesterday, and uh, and I got a schedule to come out next week, you know. So, but. All that being said, I'm also, uh, I'm also wanting to have a few in the can, so to speak, uh, so that while, while we're going to Colorado and all that, that, uh, that I have episodes to, uh, release and, you know, last year, there's been a couple windows and last year season was one of the windows where the guests just weren't coming and I was busy and was hunting a lot and doing all that. So I had a little dry spell, I had a couple people contact me and was like, Hey, and of course they contact me. I'm like, well, would you like to be a guest? But uh, I'm trying to get a little backlog and I probably should have a little, try to get a little backlog coming into the fall. Uh, it's get started on that uh, 15 foot wall of the bookshelves i got some layout work there were some final dimensions and stuff that i went and checked when we like uh signed the contract and that uh you know i just don't put I, I put enough effort into it to show the client an idea about what they're getting and enough effort that i can understand what i'm going to be doing and how much that's going to cost but detail wise i had to be kind of light on because if i spend a lot of time in a detail area and then they say no uh, then I, you know, I, I didn't get paid for that, and that's another another little things like is the design phase drags on and on too. The price goes up because uh, you, you know uh, you're paying for that too. This is design, fabrication, and installation. And if we're gonna beat the design to death, then uh, somebody you know that's that's it's got to be accounted for someplace. Doesn't seem to be a huge problem. I've had a few people, and I'm getting better giving a budget number up front and saying, hey, you know, this is going to be X amount of dollars. You realize that, right? And then if they're window shopping or that's way out of their budget, I can save all of our time by uh, knowing this is not something we're going to be doing. I have invested a great deal of time into a few projects early on in this little venture and uh, didn't get the work. And... uh, you know, you spend sometimes I think I think on a couple of them I had a good eight, ten hours or something of working to design and then to say no. Uh, I've got a little scheme, but I haven't I've put it into place in a couple of spots, but I just don't know about asking for a down payment when we uh, get started on the design and then like give them 50 percent of that down payment back if they actually choose me to do the work. And it sounds good, but uh, I've actually had a couple of people, you know, I've lost a couple of clients just from saying that to them. They were like, uh, no, never mind. And I understand it. Uh, I don't know that I'd, unless I was dead set on it, uh, I don't know that I'd want to do that either. Give somebody money just to go home and uh, just doesn't, I, I'm sure it feels like lost time to them feels I'm sure it just is what it is I understand uh well um trying to think if I got any more uh, blibber blabber to uh talk about uh I do have a you know it's 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 nudging me to, to not 
air out a couple of the things that are on my mind, but it's not fair to do that. Uh, we'll tell you TSSR is continuing to grow and Ross now has a meeting over in the church, uh, live meeting and, uh, well, the council women meeting is still going good and Thursday night. So if you're interested in these 12 steps and would like to maybe apply, see if they could, uh, uh, have any value with you in uh, applying them in your life. Uh, that's what we've started this TSSR for. It's helped millions of uh, drug addicts and alcoholics improve their lives. Uh, it will help you too. Just will. I will talk a little more about a couple things the uh we went back to live meetings at the spiritual underground uh, home group and we're doing it hybrid so we have a zoom link into it too so that you can come to the meeting through zoom like we've been doing through the whole COVID era and uh and show up live but uh we're with the delta variant flying around um we're going back to wearing masks again and I wouldn't be real surprised if we're not, uh, we're not, uh, out of the live meeting business again. I don't know. I don't, I don't watch it. All I hear is rumors, but, uh, I wouldn't be real surprised if as fall comes around, uh, my sponsor tends to have this crystal ball and, uh, he's pretty good at predicting stuff and I used to kind of blow it off, but he's right too much for me to not pay attention and uh if this whole thing blows up again we might just be back where we were a year ago all holed up in all kinds of restrictions uh, it's a weird deal man it's an interesting thing about think about all these vaccinations people are getting and I'm, i don't know anybody that's paid for a vaccine uh, they're 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 free but nothing is free, you know. Who who is who is paying for these? Us through the back door, tax money. Uh, something just doesn't smell right about this whole COVID thing to me, and it hasn't from the get go. But uh, once again, uh, this program teaches me not to carry the world's troubles on my shoulders, and uh, and that I'm quite often wrong. And that I must let go of stuff. Uh, I can't grab onto it with a fever. And so I, I try to do, I actually do a pretty damn good job of most of that. But uh, something from the get go just hasn't smelled right. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. It's just uh, like I got a puzzle here in front of me and there's a piece missing somewhere. And I don't know, usually, usually when I just do the old pause and, let it go and don't worry about it later on down the road that answer will come and uh, i'll figure out whether if i was either just wrong or the missing piece uh, turns up well uh, i probably should tap into my phone and see if there's a chance to get into yoga class yet tonight or uh, go in there and sling that backpack on and go for a hike uh, otherwise uh like I said, busyness is my drug of choice in recovery, and I'm just no good. If I sit around, I go to sleep, and I've already had one nap today. So uh, uh, 
no sense in having another. So my little woodworking business, DTM Wood DTM Dan the Man, DTM Woodworking and Handyman in Louisville, Kentucky area. If you got some woodworking you want done, uh, or some handyman projects you need, some things of yours needs fixing, uh, reach out to me. It's 502-292-7444, or you can shoot me an email at uh, dan at dtmww.net, dan at dtmww.net. Uh, 12 Step Spiritual Recovery is a book by James Christopher Cohn. We talk about it every time, every week here. Uh, keep on beating that drum, you know. Uh, I have one goal in mind, and that is hopefully that your life improves. Uh, if it's great now, no problem. Great. Awesome. But if you got any room for any improvement, a little bit of more in your life, or maybe just a little bit of some better in your life, if you got room for any of those kind of things, uh, maybe these 12 steps will do that for you. Uh, I know they will, but maybe that's an avenue you could choose and actually uh, have, have that come to fruition. Uh, 12 Steps Spiritual Recovery by James Christopher Cohn can be found at Amazon. There's a volume one, which is like about half of the work, and volume two uh, is the back half of the work. There's a full volume, and uh, you can also get it on Kindle. And I'll mention that I have a few of the opening chapters. Uh, I read them into kind of audio book form here on the podcast. So if you go to Dan at spiritualunderground.org, uh, the links to those specific podcasts are on a page there, and uh, that way you don't have to dig through the whatever, a hundred and something, close to 200 podcasts trying to find those. Um, <clears throat> so you can get a little, dip your toe in the water by listening to the audio and see if it uh, strums any of the heartstrings and makes you feel like it might be something that you'd want to pursue. Um and as always, Darren Frank's music's wrapped around this. Can't say enough about how much I appreciate that. Love you, Darren. Um, love you, Christopher. I love all of you in my support group. It's a uh, wonderful thing to be sitting where uh, Dan is sitting today. Uh, it's a wild, wild trip think about where I was and where I am today miracles if you're not having a blast in your recovery it's your own damn fault and thank you for allowing me to participate in my recovery in this manner tonight peace out <laughs>